This week, it's all about what is coming to Destiny 2 in Season 15. Welcome back to Gamer Loop Radio, everyone. I'm your host, Farida Amore. Today, we're going to dive into all that we know about what is coming in Season 15 of Destiny 2, and I have some awesome fellow Guardians with me today. You all know the wonderful Jay Neutron, our Jimmy. Hi! Is here with us. Hi! And we have a very special guest for the first time on Gamer Loop Radio, pro hunter extraordinaire, and one of the sassiest hunters i know uh oz geek so welcome oz thanks that was quite the introduction yes well it is well deserved <laughs> uh so for those of you who don't know oz is also a member of um uh also a member of our community with um gamer loop network and uh is it kind of in the shadows as a hunter is behind the scenes but a very very helpful guardian and one of my very very good friends so oz i'm very glad that you're here with us today yeah it's awesome to be here all right. Well, we have quite a bit to cover. Uh, the twabs have been extra thick, thick with <laughs> two or three C's. Yes. Uh, so let's go ahead and get right into it. So uh, there's a little bit that, well, not that's not true. There's a lot that we know based on what Bungie has published in there this week at Bungie Posts over the last several weeks. There's a few things that are still coming. So right now we're going to get into the first update which is the reputation updates and rewards updates. So the first thing they are doing is they are unifying ritual ranks and reputation. Uh, over the last several seasons, Bungie has been looking to create a unified experience when playing ritual activities in Destiny 2. Uh, Crucible and Gambit have been updated already with, new, with a new vendor reputation system and rewards track, which personally I think has been really beneficial because gosh, I don't need any more blue gear, even though I still get it from these <laughs> various yeah. modes. So this is what's coming uh, in season 15 for this. So the ritual reputation systems on Lord Shax, the Drifter, and Commander Zavala will be known as Crucible, Gambit, and Vanguard ranks, which I think we all called them anyway, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> Infamy and Valor will be retired, uh, and Glory will be retained for Comp uh, Crucible. Trials ranks are also coming in season 15, and there is going to be more to come on that in a future This Week at Bungie post, uh, as of this podcast, has yet to be discussed uh, in great detail. All of the ranking systems will be rebalanced to have similar progression times. So the goal is to let players reset Vanguard, Crucible, and Gambit ranks slightly faster on average than Valor currently allows, and there will no longer be ritual-specific rules that impede progress. Not to mention, and this is my favorite part of all of this, win streak bonuses are being removed in exchange for activity streak bonuses, which for Gambit specifically, super good. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't freaking wait. Um, so reputation bonus weeks have been standardized to two times multipliers when active, and bounties will no longer provide reputations as rewards, but will primarily focus on XP. Um, before we get into the Vanguard ranks specifically, I personally love this change. I think that the reputation system, it was a bit antiquated. And so now 
making it all unified and then making it an activity streak rather than a win streak bonus, I think is great. No, I was just going to say, just the one thing for Gambit is that I'm so glad that they're pulling in their progress to be in line with a little bit quicker than Valor because Gambit is absolutely painful, especially the other thing that they're changing is that, you know, it's not only wins that get you through Legend, which is like such a great change for Gambit. Agreed there, 100%. And now you can just, you can straight up just farm whatever activity you enjoy the most and mm. do it at a reasonable time. I think that's that's what's most important here because I, I felt like I was just, uh, it was tedious doing through like my weeklies going through that way. And, and also when, now with the seasonal challenges, right, you have, they were putting in, you have to do Gambit so, for so much, for so long. Like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't know if I can handle that much Gambit. And it's, and it's, if it's based on winning, progressing through, through that challenge, mm -hmm. then it takes even longer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 100%. And I think the hard part too is that seasonal challenge always came right after your first reset. And, oh my God, uh, yeah. you know, well, when you were right at Legend and had to get through that. So yeah, I'm excited to see what that looks like uh, next season. Mm-hmm. So with the change, uh, Vanguard ranks are also going to change to be in line with the same thing uh, that Shax and Drifter currently had. And so this is your semi-weekly, multi-weekly reminder to turn in your Vanguard tokens, Guardians, because at the end of the season, they're going to be gone. And it's free mats and maybe a roll on weapon that you didn't have before that you'd been looking for. So do yourself a favor, turn them in, uh, give yourself that benefit. So players will earn Vanguard reputation when completing Strikes, Nightfalls, and Battlegrounds still. So that's kind of nice that those are still going to be there. Um, Nightfalls will give different bonuses based on completion medals, which can be earned through high scores and defeating all champions, which is good because I feel like for the most part, we are all in the habit of making sure we get through all the champions anyway. So yeah. that's nice to see that those bonuses should actually apply um, for something tangible. Uh, bronze, silver, gold, and platinum medals grant reputation bonuses, and nightfalls grant reputation multipliers depending on the difficulty of nightfall selected. The higher the difficulty, the higher the multiplier. And Zavala will have a full reputation reward line similar to the ones added for Shax and Drifter. So, again a really nice change. Um, I like the fact that those tracks have things that I need. I run out of upgrade modules within like the first week of the season. So it's nice that those are there and now they'll be there in three different places. I don't know if that's enabling me or not, but I still think it's helpful. <laughs> I agree. I think what's nice is that if, you know, I think when you're first starting out as a guardian, before we get to that place where, you know, we're able to kind of get prisms and have shards you know in our inventory that you know stay there for a while is kind of crossing that line of master working gear and getting those exotics getting those prisms and shards and i think now they have three ways to kind of do that and participate in that which is which is nice absolutely the thing that i like the most about this change is the bonuses that you get for doing hard, uh, higher end activities and yeah. strikes mm, nightfalls sure. so that will push a lot of folks if they want to get uh, higher higher XP or higher bonuses to, to do those higher end activities. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. So the big bonus for me in, in all of these changes are the activity streaks and reputation bonuses. So now the longer you stay in Vanguard activities, playlist or direct launch, the larger your streak bonus is. 
Uh, guardians can leave the matchmaking queue to get bounties or clear out their postmaster without losing their streak and quitting activities or going AFK for extended periods of time will invalidate the streak. I really hope that for the most part, this stops people from leaving in the middle of an activity. Um, because all too often that happens when you're in the middle of, of more challenging content. Obviously it's, if it's an accident or it's a connection issue, like that can't really be helped. But the fact that again, it's like, you can, you can just grind the activity you want and gain those bonuses for doing so. I think that's, that's really, really helpful. I agree. Stop people from going AFK as well, logging mm -hmm. into something and then just sitting there hope waiting to be pulled through. Absolutely. I will say this. There's some cases when I will leave the the matchmaking, but because I finished whatever silly bounty I had that had to mm. be specific to strikes. So uh, I'll be <laughs> I'll be a better enough. guardian. I'll be a better guardian. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've all I done had those not... moments where we're like, yeah, that's not my best moment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I can't. Uh, well, and the number of times I think that I've sat in Lake of Shadows trying to farm stuff out in the open area and then I get pulled through. It's like, oh, okay, I should just finish this. Yeah. Um, so the last little bit of that announcement from Bungie is the change to seasonal ritual weapon quest and ornaments. So next season, Bungie is removing, the, or I'm sorry, Bungie is moving the seasonal ritual weapon and ornaments to the reputation rewards track of Vanguard Crucible and Gambit. So as players increase their reputation during the season, they will work towards unlocking the weapon and respective ornaments for each vendor. And the seasonal challenges will also be updated, removing things like in it for infamy in favor of challenges to earn ritual weapon rewards, which I am very grateful for because I have so many of those still sitting in my inventory that I never finished, specifically the sniper rifle ones for a sniper I'm never going to use. And I think it's the Gambit one that's still sitting there. That's the easiest. Well, it's not the easiest one because Vanguard's the easiest one. I'm, cu yeah. I'm curious why they m made this change because I didn't... I didn't think that was such a big problem. Like the sniper one was tough. Like doing trying to do that in Crucible, I am not a good sniper person at all in Crucible. Um I didn't I I thought that the kind of quest lines were okay. I'm just the surprised only, they made the change. The only thing I can mm. think of is a lot of those quest lines you had to get sniper kills. Now it's just play the activity. You don't have to get specific kills. Yeah, that's for that, fair. For that to work. So it, the, it might take yeah. longer to get there, but it's not as, I guess, challenging compared to the one we've gotten so far. I could totally see yeah. that. I feel like one of the good things about that, those that make you kind of use, less for the sniper rifle, because we kind of, everyone's used a sniper rifle, but I learned to like the fusion rifle more doing the fusion rifle quests parts. Um because I had to use it, but I totally agree sometimes being forced to use a certain weapon is like painful. So I, I can, I, I can see it. I get it. Mm -hmm. And the only other, I definitely, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, no, go ahead. The, the other thing I thought of is maybe just having less bounties in general that clutter up your menu. Fair. Maybe that's yeah. another reason why. Cause that's, that's three fair. of them. Yeah. And it's another three, like you said, you know, we're at a point where our quest line only gets filled up at the start of a season or a new DLC. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I know, for example, my brother that I help with, he's got five pages of quests. So I, that's a really good point. Yeah. 
And I think I think it all kind of ties into just with how they're unifying the rewards track in general now. I, I, I almost wonder if they were waiting to make this change until they changed the Vanguard track to be in line with Gambit and Crucible. Yeah. I, I wonder if they had been planning that anyway, and now that all three of them are there, um, they can make that change across the board. So yeah. it's... I can see it both ways. Uh, I think it's I think it's a very clean look for it too. Yeah, yeah. So moving on to the next subject that I think we will of the of of the litany of things we have to talk about. This is I think going to be one of the things we talk about for the longest. Uh, Grandmasters and Conqueror Gilding. So Bungie has already made some changes to kind of make this whole process to getting to Grandmasters a little bit less of a mountain and more of a molehill type situation. So they've added better master working material drops, adept weapons and mods, and the ability to, to gild your titles. Uh, seasonal challenges and plus 10 power seasons mean it's never been easier to get to the pinnacle and artifact power needed early in the season. And the addition of the catch-up node for Grandmasters, which currently appears during the final three weeks of a given season, helps players to earn Conqueror if they couldn't run a GM every week. So what they are planning on changing in season 15 is primarily changes to the catch-up node. So the GM catch-up node will now become available at the same time that GM difficulty is available. So long as you have the Conqueror title, but have not yet gilded it for the current season. Each GM will be available if the fire team leader has not completed the gilding triumph for that strike during the season. So you can play each featured GM to earn the gilded title, but once you've gilded your title, that catch-up node will no longer be available. And the reasoning behind it uh, is a couple different things, but the most prevalent one is, thanks to the changes already made, a lot more players are attempting GMs and gilding, gilding Conqueror, which is great. While we still believe that starting in week seven gives GMs a nice seasonal cadence, Waiting until the final three weeks of the season to guild no longer feels correct. Uh, we, we being Bungie, would like players to play the week's GMs for rewards, not the easiest perceived strife, cough, cough, Lake of Shadows, uh, <laughs> to just farm rewards. So I have a lot of thoughts on this, but also I'll let you go first uh, as to how you feel about <laughs> these changes. Um, I th it It's hard, you know, because... I see where they're going with this, right? I mean, comparatively, the Grandmasters are supposed to be the hardest thing in the game. Obviously, other than now we have Master Raids, which that's a whole other thing. But, you know, GMs are supposed to be the hardest thing you can do in the game. And last week, I mean, we just farmed Disgrace. Yes. Or, you know, and it actually turned out to be not as terrifying a GM as I thought it would. So, like, we, I mean, I was kind of... Uh, masterworking stuff that I may never use, but I had all the the shards sitting there, so why not? So like I I really do get where they're coming from. I mean, players that are at that end game end game, it, it it's really quite easy for us just to be overflowing with prisms and 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 shards and and whatnot. Um, I I don't know. I I I feel like I'm a little bit bummed by it, but it's kind of like we got caught kind of taking too many cookies out of the jar, so they raised the put it up yeah. on a higher shelf, and we're like, yeah, okay, mm -hmm. well, I mean, it was pretty good, you know. I think <laughs> it was good while it lasted. Um, I think 
I think we'll feel it on weeks when it's something like Glassway or mm. um, what was the other one? Pro- proving grounds. Proving provenings. Um, provening. But I don't know if we're really going to notice it as much as we think. I, I think it's okay. I, um, yeah. I, at first, I was a little bit put off by it, but I, I think it's going to be okay. I think that's kind of how it should be. If it, it's the hardest stuff in the game, we shouldn't be able to do to do a run every twenty minutes every week. Whenever it's well, not every week. Whenever it's double uh, rewards, so I, yeah. I'm okay with it. I would agree, and I I think the longer that I've had um, to kind of marinate on it, the the more I, I I agree with you there. And the one thing that I feel like was good that they did not change is it it's based on whoever the fire team leader is. Right. So it's not going to prevent you from helping somebody else yes. if they still need that GM. You're just not going to be able to farm it if you've already done it, which. I feel like it, to to kind of go along with what you were saying, feels good, makes sense. Um, because that's the biggest thing with GMs is I like getting to know it to a point where I can then hop in with you or with Red or with with whoever mm. to help other people yeah. with it. Because it's it's a thing that now becomes more and more attainable, um, especially like with what they mentioned with the fact that we're only getting a plus 10 power bump. So the grind doesn't feel impossible to get to the place where we need to be um, to be able to even do GMs. So I think the longer I've had to kind of sit on it, I do think it's it's a fine change. The one thing I will say that I hope, and there's notes in this further down, um, the one thing I really want them to look into with this though is they need to make rewards guaranteed at a certain point in terms of the weapons that you're getting um they're making changes to the weapon to the reward structure where you're going to be getting two weapons um rather than just one but it's not always guaranteed i mean we ran that gm i don't know at least five maybe eight times over the weekend and not every time did one of us get I think it was the Adept Sniper that week. And there were runs where nobody got anything. Right. There were runs where I got prisms and shards, but no guns. There were times where I got exotics, but nothing else. Like, it's just, it's not consistent. So I'd like to see them maybe tune that a little um, to make it feel a little bit more worth it to say, okay, I'm only running what's there this week rather than trying to run in the snow. You read my mind. I was going to bring up, if, I'm okay with this if they can increase the rewards and make sure that you actually get that adept weapon after it took you an hour because I don't think a lot of people will want to stick another hour in order to to get a chance to get it. <laughs> well, exactly. And it could be one of two guns, right? So uh, there's a chance that even if you get a weapon, it's not the weapon that you're looking for. So I, right. I get it. Let, a, let alone maybe even the role you want either, you know, like when, <laughs> when God, yeah. I don't know how many times I felt like I had bottomless grief because that's what I got on my gun. And I was just like, come on, it's not, I don't want that. Um, but, and they, I mean, they changed bottomless grief, so it's not that bad anymore. But um, yeah, I think that's going to be an interesting change for GMs in general. I hope that with 
the addition of new guns and the way that they're restructuring the rewards for GMs, um, that that kind of helps with that and it ties all together. But that's going to be an interesting change to watch people kind of adapt to. Also, I mean, Lake of Shadows could, you know, just disappear. I'd also be okay with that. I love it dearly, but I don't need to, I don't need it to stay to farm it, but we'll see what happens. What now. if, yeah. what if they were to change GMs kind of like how raids have the spoils? Gather that and then you can, you can purchase the gun that you want after you've Get it got in it once, right? And that way you can continue get farm as much until you get the 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 perk that you want. The only thing I think about for that is that so say one week it's Lake of Shadows, right? Where you can run a GM twenty minutes. I think the weapons are, you know, the adept version of these weapons shouldn't I don't know if they should be farmable in that way. Just because I could run Lake of Shadows one week and get, uh, compar comparatively, say, like, 480 spoils. I think that's the most you can have, you know, between a character and a postmaster. Mm -hmm. I think Destiny's still an RNG game. I mean, the RNG would be there, obviously, because you'd have to get the right perk. But I just don't know if these are, these are the best guns in the game. You know, they're comparable to kind of a a flawless adept weapon and i think it's interesting that you know what you're going to get at the end of a flawless but you don't know if you're going to get something at the end of a gm so i can totally see that i just don't know if the spoils takes away from the fact that it's an adept weapon it, it should be difficult to get and you we shouldn't just be able to kind of pluck them out of a box i don't know yeah i think too though and i i think you know I think if it were one or the other, I'd be okay with it. So to, mm -hmm. you made a very good point in that with trials, you know exactly what weapon you're getting. You know that you're getting at least one of them at, if you go flawless in trials. Whereas in GMs right now, there is no guarantee that you're getting any of the weapons that it's offering in that particular week. I think if they reworked the loot table to make sure that you got at least one weapon every time upon completion... I wouldn't feel like the spoil system needed to be there. I think spoils is helpful for, it's definitely helpful for raids as you unlock those weapons and you try to get better rolls. But I think that, I think if they just fix the loot tables for GMs to make sure that you're getting a gun at the end of every GM, that would be enough for me. Because it, it, I'll still, I'll continue to play it to, because it's the same type of thing with rng whether you're using spoils or you're running the gm um i think it's just at that point a matter of you know how much time you're putting into it fair yeah yeah i get you the one thing i did want to add to that i uh somehow in my tome of notes missed this so starting in season 15 the nightfall weapon rotation will be changing uh, instead of six weapons in a 1-1-1-3 rotation, as we've had in the second half of Season 14, uh, Bungie is going to have eight weapons in pairs consisting of one newer and one older weapon. You might remember the new weapons being reprised from Destiny 1 as, as a hilarious shotgun and a rocket launcher. Specifically, we're talking about the Comedian and the Hothead um, and those were the, that was the ultimate reward for doing the longest crucible quest. So each week, one of these new additions will be featured along with another weapon already in the loot pool. So that is changing as well. 
So it's not just going to be one gun anymore. You're going to get uh, two. So that's kind of nice. It may not be the one you want, um, but there'll be two that you have the potential to get. I'm looking forward to the rocket launcher. Me too. I think there's going to be uh, an increase in rocket launcher use depending upon what these weapon changes look like. So I think it's going to be fun. All right. So the next bit of news that we have is crossplay. Yay! Exciting! Finally! So in terms of general details around crossplay, the date of when it is going to go live in Season 15 is yet to be determined, but it is, according to Bungie, definitely happening in Season 15. So uh, not to go too, too deep into the weeds into it, but there's going to be quite a few changes in terms of the UI and how you are essentially identified uh, for Bungie in the system because a lot of people have cross-save as well, uh, myself uh, included, where my name on one platform isn't quite the same as the other one. So everybody is going to have a new unified Bungie ID. Uh, and so that's it created in response to cross-save to ensure your name is the same across all the platforms on which you play Destiny. Um, there will be name creation changes. So uh, you will no longer be able to use certain characters in name creation. There will be a, I think, a stronger offensive term filtration process and a character fil filtration process. Rip to hmm. Guardian, hand cannon, sniper rifle, rocket launcher. I can't tell you how many of those I've seen. And I laugh to myself and I'm like, damn, I never thought of that. And now I'm kind of glad I never did because it, I won't be able to keep it. So that's fine. Um, there will be some changes to the roster. So you'll now be able to see everybody online using Bungie Friends. Uh, there will be some changes made to Friend Finder to make it easier for you to find your friends in the first place. And the Fireteam Infight invite infrastructure uh, has been pulled into the game to make sure that it works across all of the platforms. And then of course, you'll still have Fireteam Finder uh, through the app and through the website, and there'll be some additional privacy tools as well. So initial thoughts on crossplay, I'm glad that they're finally doing it. Um, I always felt like Bungie going with cross save first was a solid choice that I wish more games made. Um, because I think it's huge for me to be able to say, okay, I'm going to help you on PC. Now I'm going to go over to PS4 and just basically pick up where I left off. I think it's really great. So then to add crossplay to that just feels super good. I'll get to play with my friends that I left over on PS4. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Hurts my little PS4 heart, Jimmy. Yeah, I, I, I just don't think anything... Well, I say this, but like anything bad comes from crossplay, especially the way they're doing it. Because I think PvP, when we had first talked about it, that was our biggest concern was was mm -hmm. you know PC and console. Um, I I think it's great. I think anytime a, a game that's kind of got such a big community like Destiny can do crossplay, it's awesome. I think it's great for streamers, especially people that help. I think that opens up a whole kind of a, a bigger audience for them to be able to get followers which i think is always a good thing so absolutely yeah, i, I remember great. i remember in destiny one where streamers would play on on xbox on playstation and then when destiny 2 came out they were playing on all platforms separately so they can <laughs> you know reach out to that community but you quickly found out that that's that's a burnout like you can't oh, do sure. yeah can't do that much destiny <laughs> Right. Well, and well, having not to with flick that everything over <laughs> and all that stuff. Holy moly. 
<laughs> well, it's a different thing, like continuing to work on your three characters than having to run it nine times. Oh my yeah, gosh, that's, that's true. A whole other uh, level I thing. couldn't. I could not do it. I I can barely do it on three characters now. Um, so I can only imagine doing it nine times. That's just insane. <laughs> so. Speaking of the PVE and PVP matchmaking, so at a, at a very summary level, um, what Bungie described for how they're going to run that is at cross-play launch, uh, the following matchmaking rules will be in place. So for PVP modes, so we're talking Crucible, Iron Banner, Trials, and Gambit, PC players will match with other PC players. Console players will match with other console players, and this includes Stadia users. Fire teams with any combination of PC and console players will match in the console or I'm sorry in will match in the PC player pool which I think is a smart call and then for PVE modes there's just one big matchmaking pool. I like that choice. I like the way they've broken it up and I like the fact that they're like look if you're purposely matchmaking with somebody on PC then you're going to get PC people. So yeah. I think that's great. I agree. So the one thing uh that they did say is still a bit uh, in progress because of some uh, late breaking issues with development that they found. So at launch, voice chat between platforms won't be enabled. So uh, text chat will be available on Steam uh, at launch. And then from launch through to Witch Queen, uh, text chat support will be added across all the platforms. So at least the text will be displayed and then USB keyboard support will be added. I don't think that's going to be too, too terrible. I'm kind of hoping that somewhere in that time frame, PlayStation gets that Discord integration that they've been talking about doing so uh, that yeah. it's just Discord. I don't mind being, if I'm playing with other people on PC and I happen to be on PlayStation, I don't mind hopping into Discord because I have I have my own way to be able to hear the game as well. Um, I think that might be a little bit tough for folks to begin with, but it, I don't think it should be too impactful out of the gate. Yeah, I think um, for console, like I know I'd have to put an additional pair of earphones in my ear if I was going to be on Discord in addition to PS4. Um, mm -hmm. I Like you said, I, I don't know when this integration is coming with Discord, but, you know, I think that that's, that's awesome. Again, I think that that's only a good thing. I, I, I laugh a little bit at the idea of us texting, putting <laughs> text chat... On a P as a PS4 because if you've ever <laughs> typed a message so on the PS4, three it's hours like, later, yeah, it's like those old um I can't remember how you guys say it, but we call them Nokia's phones. You know, it would be like A B C. Oh, oh yeah, you know that's kind of what it feels like. So by the time we're trying to get our forward out to the per they've already left. But I mean, I I think that that's fine. I think it's great. I mean, I um. Yeah, I think that's. What if they added like a voice to the text? Oh, option? that would be cool. That that would be nice. I have a feeling that would be kind of chaotic for our group, but I think. Oh. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, most of the time, all you're gonna want to type is GG. You know, like yeah. if you're doing strikes with random people, GG, peace out. You know. Yeah, GG or WTF. Yeah, or, <laughs> or like the little <laughs> salute thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what emotes are for. You know? Yeah, true. So, I, yeah, I think it'll it'll be neat. I don't know if console players will use it too much unless they have like the, like that little keyboard thing. But mm. it'll be nice to have it there. So now we're getting into 
the thickest part of these updates from Bungie. This is like thick with three C's. Um, so potatoes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So over the next uh, three weeks, this this uh, this past week, and then this coming week, and then the final week before season fifteen launches uh, are going to be like the big three this week at Bungie Post. So we've got the update on light based subclass changes and gameplay changes this week. Uh, the next TWAB will be armor and mods, and then the last TWAB before Season 15 will be weapons, probably because people are going to end up raging, uh, so they left that for last. <laughs> so um, one thing I do want to touch on uh, kind of as we get through this piece as well is what was not published in the TWAB but is still quite quite worth a read is the update from Joe Blackburn that he posted on Twitter related to PvP. It's quite the novel of tweets um but the fact that he took the time to do it means a lot um you know i think that they're really kind of trying to get the pvp thing solved for people um so we will definitely get into those tweets as well but first things first all of the light-based subclass jjs so bungie had uh kind of teased this a little bit when they made the big stasis tuning change uh, earlier in this season. So now we're getting into the changes to light-based subclasses to kind of help balance thing out. So first and foremost, separate melee actions. I read this Ooh. and internally yeah. just did a happy dance through my house. Um, so <laughs> you will now be able to bind your charged melee and your uncharged melee to separate inputs, giving you greater control of when you use your abilities. With the Titan melee, I have shiver striked my way past enemies and then it's gone so i'm very excited about rebinding these so this is an opt-in feature um so they'll be unbound by default so you now have three choices in terms of your melee you have auto melee so this is the melee you're used to context sensitive and behavior uh, will change based on your equipped ability and your proximity to enemies you have your charged melee, which will activate always activate uh, upon button press, regardless of whether or not an enemy is in lunge range. And pressing it will, when your melee is not charged, will perform no action. It'll kind of flash red like it usually does if you don't have like your grenade or something like that. Um, and then you have your uncharged melee, which always activates uh, your uncharged melee, even when your charged melee is completely charged up. So a couple important things to note about this, this activates on button press, not release. So I have a feeling they address this right away to make sure folks know, because right now you can time certain melees on button release to happen when you want them to. So this is on button press. So I think it's good that they noted this. Um, game controllers will have limited input options because we obviously have only so many keys, but they did propose something in uh, the TWAB that I think I'll probably end up changing mine to, it felt right. Um, and then if you assign charged and uncharged melee to the same input, it will always prioritize the charged melee over uncharged, which is the opposite behavior of the, the default auto melee. So I love this. I think this is great as a Titan who misses frequently on charged melee attacks. This is, this is nice. Um, but it's nice that they're separating it because especially with stasis, things are a little bit different you have different choices so i i like this this is a nice quality of life change as a hunter i will yes. now be able to throw my knives when i want to and not actually punch something yes or throw your invisible grenade and not oh, stab yes. someone yeah yes 
So I, yes, I am to- fully in support. <laughs> Fellow hunter in support with this change. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, I forgot I'm outnumbered. Damn. Um, <laughs> the amount of times you've heard me a Maureen a Grandmaster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I stabbed him! <laughs> oh, I did it in the Lost Sector once. I think it was like, it was the Legendary Master. It was Vels. I was in Vels and an Explodey Thrall. I'm like, oh, perfect. I'll throw my knife. And I must have been close enough that the game was like, mm, nope, punch it. And I died. Yeah. It's just like, oh, okay, all right then. Okay. <laughs> and you just, just let out a deep sigh. Try again. Yep, just, just the, oh, God damn it. <laughs> so, uh, so next there in the general ability changes are two things, one of which I personally um, just sort of grabbed my pack of marshmallows to watch the the fire that was Twitter over this this week. So, um Stasis freeze is the first thing. So frozen players can now initiate breakout while airborne, which is good because I have been frozen midair during a thunder crash and then got shotgunned in the face. Um, so I'm glad I can break out of that now. Shortened breakout animation and camera transition. So the sooner you break out, the sooner you'll be able to ADS if you want. And then differentiated long and short freeze visual treatments to make each status easier to identify. I like that. Um, those are nice changes. I never quite understood why I couldn't break out of it if I was in midair. Um, so I'm glad that they're fixing that now. That feels good. Agreed. I will say this. I still I don't still don't know how to break out of stasis. Like I still feel like I'm pressing the ROM buttons or something. <laughs> I just button mash. That's all so I do. I, 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 I just start to like I, I, I do just, hold or smash. I, 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 it just never works. I, I just feel like other people are way faster, and it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I, that's just how I feel generally in Crucible. <laughs> what do I do to get out of here? Other people are okay. way faster, and it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of PvP, so. The mechanics of the slide are are changing. Now, something to keep in mind with this change is that the actual slide itself is not changing. The things that are uh, put on you as it affects as a result of sliding is what's changing. And so the goal of this is to slightly reduce the effectiveness of sliding into engagements to gain the upper hand. Because right now, slide, shot, shotgun, sliding, shooting me in the face... I if I had a if I had a dollar for every time I died to that I wouldn't have to work anymore. So the changes that are happening while sliding penal players will now incur the following penalties: minus twenty stability, plus fifteen shotgun pellet spread, and one and a half times flinch. I the the absolute vitriol online about this when this came oh, out. That's ridiculous. And I under I understand that this on the coattails of joe blackburn's tweets about pvp this i think for some people felt like adding salt to the wound a little bit but i really don't find as someone who doesn't play destiny for pvp and only when i have to do i do it i don't think that this is bad i think that this is going to make people they're going to have to figure out how to play through it play around it and maybe not just slide into everybody with a shotgun all the time the other thing that was mentioned in the TWAB is this might sound bad, yes. but until you get a chance to 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 play with it, you'll, you'll get a better feel for it. So I, I think exactly. I'm hoping once we get a chance to play, we'll see, and it won't be that bad because they'll throw numbers, percentages, but if you don't know what the base percentage is or 
or feel mm-hmm. for it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think the response online was just like, it was actually became laughable because mm-hmm. like you said, this the slide isn't changing in itself. And while, you know, in truth, I'm in a position to talk about what's good and what's not good for PvP because that, you know, I definitely don't spend a lot of time in Crucible. But I feel like mm. this will actually only increase the skill gap. They, they, you know, one of the chief complaints was that it decreases the skill gap. But the good players will take this information, will run with it through a couple of matches, and learn how to to continue to do what they do. I think it only increases the skill gap because not everybody can just run around, slide, and shotgun people in the mouth anymore. Exactly. That's yeah, and I agree with that a hundred percent. So, in yeah, exactly. Like Jimmy said, we're just we're just gonna see what happens. I mean, yeah, it could be terrible, but it could be fine. We won't know till we get it. Exactly. So now we get into the real meat and potatoes of this particular TWAB for the light-based subclass changes for each of the classes, and I will echo that sentiment. Um, for all of these, and I, I feel as though as we've talked about it since it's been released, the the line that I'm taking with all of these changes is we're going to have to wait and see how it feels because 10% of 1,000 and 10% of 100,000 are two different things. Yeah. And the impact that something has as a whole on how you run your Guardian may look scary on paper compared to how it feels. And I think that with a lot of the changes we've seen in the past, like we definitely feel them, but we learn how to figure it out and and it's it's easy enough to maneuver through. And so I think with with all of these, that's kind of the line that I'm that I'm towing through these. So starting with the Titan, we have changes to the rally barricade, which I read that and went, I never use my rally barricade because <laughs> I still get shot. <laughs> so it's not helpful. Um I think they're trying to kind of encourage people to use it more. So if you're standing behind the rally barricade, uh, you now get plus 30 stability, plus 10 range and minus uh, 50% flinch, which I'm going to have to really try and see how beneficial this is because I feel like those are nice buffs to your weaponry. But I also think that it's going to be very circumstantial. I think that if I accidentally put out a rally barricade in a GM, I would get booted. So it's, <laughs> I, I don't think I don't know how I feel about it. That's going to have to be a wait and see because, like I said, I never use it. So it's just I don't know. It's that's that's a different one for me. And then for all of the barricades, um, players moving at high velocity now take more damage when moving through hostile Titan barricades. And they now barricades now slightly protrude into the ground to better protect Titan's feet on uneven ground. And this should reduce instances where explosions and projectiles are able to sneak through the bottom of the barricade and hit the Titan. That has happened to me. Um, so I do like that. And I do think that when you run through someone's barricade in PvP, it definitely hurts. The fact that they're making it hurt more, I think is... I don't necessarily think that's a bad change for PvP because... You really shouldn't be running through it anyway. <laughs> so it's now you're just penalized a little bit more for it. Uh, so with then Behemoth, so this is the Titan Stasis class. Uh, quite a few changes for this class overall. So Cryoclasm, um, which is one of the stasis aspects for the Titan. Um, while equipped, base slide now shatters crystals and frozen enemies. 
uh, and increase the duration of screen effects notify notifying players that Cryoclasm Long Slide is ready from one second to four and a half seconds. So I do, I like that. Um, Shiver Strike increased movement speed by 25%, so now I can miss even faster. Yay! And, <laughs> yay! And Whisper of Rhyme fixed a bug where the overshield provided by Whisper of Rhyme was not scaling precision damage correctly. I will say that as a as a Titan Hunter and Warlock person, I still do not use Titan Stasis too often over Hunter or Warlock. I'm going to try these, see how they feel. Uh, but uh, I don't know. It's going to, again, a wait and see. Uh, then we've got some changes to Middle Tree Sunbreaker. Uh, so the throwing hammer increased the time before the hammer explodes after hitting the ground from six and a half seconds to 10 seconds, and then increased damage versus powerful PBE combatants by 50%. Um, and there's also, uh, the new charged melee action allows you to throw your hammer at point blank range at an enemy, which is kind of nice. Yeah. I don't use Middle Tree Sunbreaker too much. I've been a bottom tree Phoenix Cradle Legs Titan for quite some time. Um, but I do like the throwing hammer. I like just having a hammer I can just chuck at something. So I kind of like this. I think this will probably prompt me to use this to, it, just to try it out and figure out a build for it a little bit more often. Is this the giant hammer one? Yes, this is the giant hammer one. Okay, it makes sense because I always felt like it was underpowered. So yeah. getting that 50% boost is very welcome. And I like that they're increasing the duration of the hammer like for when you can pick it up because there have been times where i've thrown it missed as i do and i've run to go get it and it disappears before i can get to it because of like just the distance i am away or like there's an enemy in my way so i like that that's changing a little bit i think that's going to be good uh so top and bottom tree striker so fist of havoc increased slam detonation radius by 14 percent reduced slam damage fall off and reduced slam attack activation cost from 21% to 18%. Again, two classes that I don't, subclasses rather, that I don't use too much uh, because of why would I do that when I can just thunder crash? But I think that this, this change feels very much like the hunter changes, which we'll be getting to here in a second, that I think they're trying to kind of buff up the arc subclasses for the Titan a little bit to make the other ones a little bit more viable. Um... And then going into Middle Tree Striker, they did note that the change below will be balanced out by something we haven't mentioned yet, which will be discussed more in a future TWAB. I'm very intrigued by this because they're making changes to Inertia Override. So increase the duration from four to six seconds and then sliding over an Ammo Brick now grants 20% melee damage. If anything, this is going to make me be more reckless, but I'm there for it. I kind of like it. <laughs> I think it's going to be fun. This is what Titan's we... Titan's Titan. What? <laughs> Mm -hmm. Maureen, I, we were talking about this the other day. I, I feel like this is another one of those things that makes me think that there's a big ammo change coming. I I, I think mm -hmm. there's going to be a change to primary ammo, uh, maybe that it becomes infinite or something like that, because things like drop mag are getting a big change. They're they're actually, I think they're taking it out until it, from future guns until, until it the change happens or whatever um mm. and there was one other th there was another perk another weapon perk that was getting a change um subsistence we've seen the debt the um there used to be a decrease in the amount of ammo you could carry that's changed i just i think there's a mm -hmm. big ammo change coming 
I would agree. I think that after you had mentioned that, after we had initially talked about it, I went back through and read some of these and more and more of them make sense now with that potential change in mind. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Absolutely. And yes, Titan's going to tighten. There it goes. Slippy thunder crash, man. This water crash. So the final change for Titans uh, is for Top Tree Sentinel or Bubble Titan. So the following change refers to the Ward of Dawn bubble itself and not players inside the bubble. So the physical bubble. Currently dropping a Ward of Dawn on top of a boss is a no-brainer because it's so effective. So the goal of the change is to reduce the breadth of encounters solved by Ward of Dawn and make Burly Bubbles a conscious choice by the Titan. I feel like sometimes it's a conscious choice and sometimes it's a a more I'd go run a bubble. So we'll see. Uh, <laughs> Ward of Dawn, increased damage taken from bosses from 0.25 times to 7 times at zero resilience. Damage taken can scale down to 0.25 times based on the owner's resilience stat. What I really would have liked to see, and they may not have this ready yet, and that's why it wasn't in here, but I really would like to understand at what resilience number is... It, it, x resilience equals y multiplier like i really kind of need for me personally need to see that because resilience is a big thing for titans for ursas and for bubble you want to have a decent resilience number but i would like to better understand the multipliers and how those scale with your resilience so i'm hoping that there is something in game that tells me that rather than it being a guessing game if not then we'll test it because science and that's fine but that I just I would have maybe liked to see that a little bit there uh, to kind of spell out what those changes are going to be. Again, I don't feel like I feel like on paper this this is going to it feels like a lot. It looks like a lot. But at the end of the day, the bubble's not meant to be infinite. It's meant to provide a bit of safety, a kind of small respite from, uh, you know, getting bombarded by enemies and provide you with the benefits of the bubble, especially if you're wearing Helm of Saint, it's not meant to sit there forever. So I, I this is going to be a wait and see thing. I just would have liked to see specific numbers. It'll be interesting to see once folks get a chance to test with it, see how quickly can a boss burn down your bubble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or right. if you put it on them and they stomp you, what does that do? Yep. Does the... I agree. Right now, what I don't know is, like you said, there's no correlation to resilience value to that that multiplier obviously you want to get max to get to that 0.25x right but right um there might there might be a sweet spot where you know that's that bend in the curve where uh this is the uh, more that you can get that way you can still have uh better stats on other areas exactly yeah and i think that yeah go ahead Oz. No, I was I was just agree- <laughs> just agreeing with Jimmy. I was like, "Yep, those are my my thoughts too." Is just you know, <laughs> this is a very much a wait and see, and I actually think it might even be a wait and see until next week because we know there's armor changes coming out, and for all we know, there could be some kind of changes coming to stats mm-hmm. because we know too, and we haven't obviously got to get with the warlock, but the well is kind of in that same boat, which I think as everything stands right now is way more impactful for a warlock than it is for a titan because as you said resilience is your you know every character or every you know guardian type has that one 
stat that improves their class ability and for Titans, it's resilience. So, you know, but, you know, like Jimmy said, how much of resilience are you going to need and how is that then going to impact the rest of your build? Typically you run, you know, high intellect, high recovery. Is that something you're going to be able to do? Are you going to have to give something up for that? Um, yeah. So I think this exactly. is definitely a let's kind of wait and see what people figure out, what we figure out, you know, run up to a big boss and put the bubble down, see what happens. Yeah, exactly. If there aren't, and if there aren't really significant changes to armor and stat rolls, because I think that, that to your point, now it's a wait and see game of, of okay, well, what are armor and mods going to do yeah. to these changes? Because otherwise you're going to get a, a 15 mobility titan again next season, because I'm going to have to stack the right. three. It's just going to be real slow. Yeah. Uh, absolutely so, how how is that and then too you know we talk about this as such a big thing we ask for is loadouts right so if they're gonna make it so that different um supers require like resilience because maybe it's the defensive super and that's what they're looking at you know now you have to have a specific build for bubble and a specific build you know so again we are just gonna it's gonna be a lot of changing things out if that's the case you know which Agreed. It's frustrating sometimes. So, I, yeah, I think next week this could just be a wait and see until next week to understand how this uh, how this plays. Absolutely. I wish there weren't a wait and see, and they had like a, some kind of test server so we can. Test yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or I wish they had given it. Well, I part of me wishes they had given us a little bit more information, but I understand why they break it up the way they do. There's a lot in yeah. here so yeah i think yeah whenever they do because it sounds like for the next three weeks we're getting like three hefty twelve, you know twelves, and so i think you know giving us the week to just kind of look at, at at what these changes you know might mean and then add in okay now with armor these armor changes this is what it's going to mean and you know so on and so forth so i think we always want more and more info than we than we get um i think they could call the test server they just call it telesto just gonna <laughs> <laughs> can telesto break it <laughs> will will it telesto let's find out but yeah i agree i it is interesting they've never done test servers it's just never been a thing that they've done and and it's 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 i wonder if a, a reason for that is because of um i'm gonna butcher what it's called but like their api is so open and i wonder if Oh, they'd break it, it would, or someone would data mine it. Someone would data mine it, you know, yeah. and that would just be a disaster. But I totally agree. I'd love to just have a test server that we could just run around and, like, oh my try God. to break things. Uh, that would be great. Yeah. They'd have to strip it down to, like, aim lab level <laughs> of <laughs> testing because if they put anything in there that's not supposed to be in there it's, that's pre-release, yeah. it's going to be on Twitter yeah. within milliseconds. Right. Right. Yeah, like I, it, it, like I, I would be okay if the test server was just strikes and PvP. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that's it. Just run Lake of Shadows over it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's like, fair too. Okay. I would be okay with that. Yeah. yeah. Just looking at the specific kind of sandbox, almost changes in each in each. Yeah, that would be cool. Mm hmm. I could dig it. So. Next up, my hunters, you got some stuff. You're getting some Did stuff. Get There's some stuff. stuff that we're like me about, but we'll, let's talk about it. So first and foremost is Stasis Revenant. 
Uh, so last season, uh, Bungie feels like they hit Withering Blade a little too hard during the balancing. A little. Um, yeah. A little more than a little. Mm. Uh, in addition to that is the Silence and Squall, so your your main super. Um, right now kind of feels like you see it coming, you're like, oh, okay, I'll get out of the way. And, you know, that's, that's kind of it. And more often than not, it hits a drag instead of, you know, the big fallen captain that you're trying to go well, no, for. No, it'll hit so... the fallen captain and then wander off. <laughs> so, what's that over there? It's real shiny. So this coming uh, season, the following changes are getting made. So Silence and Squall um, increased Squall movement by 20%. And then the Squall Storm now stops when it touches a boss. And then Withering Blade uh, increased projectile speed and tracking by 10%. These feel like good things all around. I, I agree, especially on the Withering Blade thing. I think that I felt the most impact there. It, it, it does suck that my super now doesn't do the big damage as before or was, was as fast as before. Um, but I'm okay. I'm okay with these changes. I, yeah, I totally agree. I like that, you know, it, it really kind of hit, they, they really did hit that super hard. And I get it, because, like, as a hunter, I've also been on the receiving end of some of these things, and it doesn't feel good. Um, but it, it almost made this super, it just made it so much weaker. Like, even you might get frozen by it, you have time to break out and move away. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just, it's, it's just such a slow-moving... It's like, uh, what's he from Deadpool? Like the Zamboni, just like slowly, I'm going to get there. <laughs> you just wait and see. So I, yeah, I think these changes are good. I love that it's now going to stay on a boss because yeah. I can't tell you the amount of times you've, you throw it out on the boss and then it's like, ooh, there's a little shank over there. Let me go freeze it. So <laughs> I, I think these are good helpful. changes. I, I agree. Yeah, agreed. Excellent. So next we have uh, Middle Tree Gunslinger, or uh, Blade Barrage. So uh, a larger window to defeat burning enemies and trigger the playing with fire perk. As such, we're giving Knife Trick uh, a 25% buff on the timer, so burning duration is increased from 3 to 4 seconds. This felt like a very meh change. I feel like in the small amount of time that I ever am Middle Tree Gunslinger, um, it just doesn't feel like it does enough damage ever. I just feel like it's it's interesting to me that this was the thing they wanted to to like they looked at at the super or at the whole tree and went yeah you know what let's give him another second I I, I don't know if that was ever like you said my gripe with it always has been I don't think it does enough damage yeah because the if you don't remember the the nerf they did on this was removed hefty on the tracking right it was it, it tracked yeah enemies a lot before but the, i think they removed it too much now it's you can easily dodge it <laughs> feel i like totally it. agree mm -hmm. yep yep i just think not only yeah. that but trying to hit a group of enemies just doesn't no. feel fruitful at all no i yeah i was hoping to see a buff in some way to the super and it doesn't always necessarily just have to be a damage buff but like you said like i don't know it just is it just, i only ever really use it if i usually actually for melees because the knife 
the playing with fire perk is a nice perk. And I actually thought it was fine where it was at. So I, I, I just, um, I thought this was like an interesting change. Mm-hmm. I would have preferred that the activation time for the super be shortened. Make it faster. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's... It does... I, I would totally agree with that. It does feel like there's a pretty hefty animation between when you activate it and when it actually throws the knives at something. I mean, we like a show. Like, we like to put on a little show as hunters, but, like, I've been sniped out of that show. And it doesn't yes. feel <laughs> <laughs> And then I just sit in the spawn for a minute and just feel bad. And if it's not if it's not the activation timer, increase our like give us a bigger overshield or something so we're not yeah. sniped out of the air. That could so. be a good exotic. It could be. Overshield. You can have the Titan exotic that gives a stasis overshield because God knows I don't use that. So yeah, <laughs> although it really does shouldn't be an exotic. I think I agree. That should be the case. I feel like I get killed out of that super a lot. I've killed many hunters out of that super. <laughs> it, yeah, and and admittedly feel a little bit bad about it when I do it, but no, you don't. It, yeah, it's a little bit. <laughs> you no, do. Do. a little bit. A little bit. I feel less bad when I get them out of uh, spectral blades or golden gun. When that happens, I I exclaim something. Well, if profanity. you if, um, if if some if you get the jump on someone with golden gun, they deserve it. If you're yep. if you have yeah. long enough time to shoot somebody and they're aiming down sights at you, you should be dead. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> oh yeah. So speaking of gunslingers, so uh, top tree gunslinger is getting a change as well. Um, apparently, there's been a lot of changes that have gone back and forth, whether intentionally or unintentionally, on the back end with this one. So um, they're making a change to six shooter. So damage fall off now starts at 25 meters rather than 20 meters. So if you're using the six shooter in PvP, um, you've got a little bit more range to play with in that scenario. Again, I typically don't ever use this in PvP, but I also forget to take off my Celestial Nighthawk. Uh, <laughs> so there's that. Um, so I don't know how you guys feel about this. Again, this didn't feel super, super necessary for me. It's another meh change yeah sounds like but they, they do mention there that their goal is for you to be able to actually one shot there's been cases where you have to do two shots to get someone yeah out. so hopefully increasing this the, the damage fall off fixes some of that i still hopefully. just feel like we just hunters kind of get the you know wrong end of the stick when it comes to supers and super damage because I agree. I, I I just okay. Five more meters on it. I mean, I think gunslingers in in crucible are okay. And and to be true, to be honest, I don't really use it that much to to know fully, you know, where it's been at. But I don't know. Again, it just feels like another. It's just an odd change. So speaking also of getting hit with a stick, arc strider. <laughs> so this this felt like the oh yes kind of change from all of the the hunter changes that came out so lots of of little changes changed here to arc strider so extended the duration and slam range uh to help alleviate some of the arc staff shortcomings along with some other changes so arc staff extended passive super duration from 16 seconds to 20 seconds 
increased heavy slam detonation radius from 5 to 6 meters, increased damage versus PvE combatants by 33%, and then top tree arc strider, uh, deadly reach, increased duration from 8 to 10 seconds, and middle tree, lightning weave, uh, dealing damage with tempest strike now triggers lightning weave, and timer can now be extended by dealing damage with any weapon. Uh, I feel like this, combined with Raiden Flux, all feels like a really good change for Arc Strider. I am super excited. This season, I actually yeah. made a PvP build using Middle Tree Arc Strider, and it has been the most fun of my life. Deflecting bullets and supers. <laughs> uh, so, I think, one, I, I, I like the changes for Middle Tree. The uh, you know, triggering Lightning Weave is now going to be very beneficial, and also... Any weapon can extend extend the damage. Uh, that is great. Uh, yeah. The other two, you're getting a lot of buffs for PVE content, which is which is great. Uh, you'll be doing more damage because it always felt like they were not powerful enough. Agreed. Like they were mm -hmm. on the threshold. Like they just need a little bit more juice in order for me to take out like some of the, you know, uh, yellow bars or, or red bars. Yeah. Yeah, I 100% agree. I. I like Ox Strider. I, I, I actually like using, you know, that that subclass. Um, especially with, you know, Raiden Flex in in PvE. I mean you could clear, you know, quite a few enemies, but yeah, I agree with Jimmy. You know, it'd be one thing to go run through a lost sector and feel like a god, and then you kind of go into a a strike and it takes you two shots to take down a you know a uh, little yellow bar. I just don't think that should be the case. So hopefully that kind of make it, it, it just kind of takes it to that next level where you feel more comfortable using it in some of that harder content. Still, you know, I wouldn't run into a grandmaster with it, but you know, I, I think some of that higher level content might be more viable now. So last but not least for the hunters, this one felt like a a very kind of questionable change. Like, I don't really understand why they did this. So middle tree night stalker. So this is uh spectral blades, uh, reduced damage reduction during super from 52% to 47% and reduced additional DR when invisible from plus five to plus 3%. So their kind of discussion around this was spectral blades, not only allows its user to go invisible and vanish from radar, but also has one of the highest damage reduction values in the game. Uh, as the fantasy of this ability is that of a stealthy assassin and not a stealthy raid boss, we've decided to tone down the damage reduction. Looking at the data, Middle Tree Night Stalker is among the most successful subclasses in the Crucible, so this change feels warranted. This feels like the start of where changes are happening to these subclasses because of PvP and not PvE, but the damage, but the the change is applied across the board, hurting the PvE impact of the super. The only thing I was going to say, I don't think anyone runs Spectral Blades in <laughs> Right? It's not, it's, I, it, I don't feel like it fits well in the Are you saying, did you say mm, PvP no. or PvE? I, I say it doesn't fit well in PvE. Oh, yes. I Yeah, I agree. It's, my only problem with it is when they say that it's the most used in Crucible, that's because there are other options, you know, I mean, you have the occasional person that might use a tether, which... You know, I, I don't know why. And, um, you know, Arc Strider, I think, is becoming a little bit more popular. But I think Night Stalker um, is used more because it it is, of the Hunter Supers, one of the best ones to use in Crucible. Um, it could be Blade Barrage, but we've talked about that. It's, it, 
you know, it's not where it should be, I don't think. And I feel like this is getting a nerf because the other supers aren't strong enough. And I don't know if that's the right move for that. You know what's funny, though? I, even though people can take me out easily with the Night Stalker middle tree, I, I, when I use it, I can't do anything with it. Yeah. <laughs> I am terrible. Yep. So I'm I don't know how... Yep. <laughs> Like, which way do I dash? Like, I don't know. I just feel like I'm all over the place. I can never I get I miss. Kill. Yeah. Uh, yep. And then I'm dead. So, yeah, I I don't know about this one. It doesn't, you know, the only time I might use it in PvE is if it's like Void for the Strike playlist, the Void Singe, and I need super kills. That's, yeah, the only time. Because really, Tether is just, it's... That's what you use? Yeah, that's true. So, last but not least, uh, Warlocks. Our, our our poor Warlocks, I feel like, got, you know, like... <laughs> I feel like the Hunters and the Titans got, like, free ice cream sandwiches. And the Warlocks are... They just got rocks. Like, that's... I feel like that's what's happened mm -hmm. here. So, starting with Shadebinder... Um, changes again to Winter's Wrath, which is the uh, stasis super. So reduced shatter pulse damage versus close range supers. Warlocks must now freeze and shatter twice to defeat players in Burning Maul, Fists of Havoc, Havoc, Sentinel Shield, Nova Warp, Arc Staff, or Spectral Blades. Glacial Quake still only requires one shatter to defeat. So this is a PvP specific change. And I there have been times where I have been frozen and shattered in one shot by uh, Warlock Super. I have also done it to players in PvP as well. When they've been in their Super, I know Stasis will beat them. So it's, again, this is a PvP change. It's uh, it's an interesting choice. Um, I feel like a lot of these are PvP-oriented, though, for the Warlocks. To be honest, I, I've never... I don't know if I've ever used Stasis in Crucible on a Warlock. So I... I feel like any stasis super should take two two um should I feel like stasis still takes people out of their supers too easily. Mm -hmm. So I having been on the receiving end of this, I'm I, I think that this is fine. Yeah. So uh first up then it, with the light based subclasses is top tree dawnblade. So a lot of these are again uh, kind of a result of PvP. So, top, bleh, top tree Dawn Blade is straight up dominant in PvP. Uh, so Bungie is taking some measures to make it slightly less so. Celestial Fire will now take a little bit more accuracy to get full damage. Having access to two back-to-back -back Icarus dashes gave this subclass too much positioning. So there's a lot of a lot of stuff that went into these various changes. So for the Warlock, Celestial Fire uh, reduced tracking cone angle, uh, arming shape uh, proximity detonation now shrinks over time reduced detonation size by one meter and uh, damage fall off increased at short distances icarus dash now provides one air dodge every four seconds if you are under the effects of heat rises increased to two dodges every five seconds uh, and then heat rises increased duration from 10 to 15 seconds increase the time extension awarded for air kills while heat rises is active the extension duration differs based on the type of enemy killed, and your location now appears on enemy radar when using Heat Rises. 
these I have watched countless people use Top Tree Dawnblade in Trials and Crucible. And again, I don't, I'm not in PvP enough to know the full scope of this impact, but this feels like a big deal. I have seen people Icarus dash or dash all over the place, and it is impressive. I feel like that, for you to pull that off, it, it's a skill thing. And this might be a little too much. Um, it's another thing if it was easy to do these uh, dashes, but I've tried it and it's not easy at all. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. I there was one. I remember a distinct moment where we were in Deepstone Crypt and I was having trouble on my warlock getting through, uh, spacewalk. And Red was like, "Oh, put Icarus, da Icarus dash on," and I Icarus dashed myself off the map <laughs> several times. So it's. <laughs> It takes some it takes some skill to use for sure. Yeah, I I agree. Like you know, it'll be interesting to see how these play out in PvE. Um I wonder how the heat rises is going to whether the heat rises is gonna ease some of that impact in terms of the Icarus dash. Um, because technically you should do three air dodges in the time that you have heat rises. So uh it, it's it, i don't know enough about this super uh, this top tree in pvp uh to be able to really say too much about it but it i it does seem like a big change big big change mm -hmm. agreed so that leads us to middle tree dawn blade or well of radiance so again this is along the lines of the changes to titan bubble but a little bit um more specific and then some pvp impacts as well here so um bungie's commentary on this is like ward of dawn dropping a well on certain bosses is a no-brainer because it's so effective the goal of the below changes is to reduce the breadth of encounters solved by well of radiance uh, and make burly wells a conscious choice by the warlock additionally uh, bungie would like to make well of radiance more effective in the crucible so you'll have more survivors more survivability when in the well, uh, and you won't be able to be frozen or slowed by stasis users, making this tree a solid choice when facing off against stasis. Uh, the well sword can be frozen and shattered, but it takes multiple freezes and shatters before being destroyed. So increased damage taken from bosses by 0.25 times to one and a half times at zero resilience. Uh, damage taken can scale down to 0.25 times based on the owner's resilience stat. Note this refers to the well of radiance itself and not players in the well. Uh, increased damage resistance buff versus enemy players from 20 to 40%. Players inside the well are now immune to stasis freeze and slow, uh, and the well sword can now be frozen and shattered by stasis, and then guiding flame, increased duration from 7 to 10 seconds, and increased damage buff from 20 to 25%. So again, this is one of those where I kind of wish they had a scale, because I know that we all looked at this and went, why would a warlock have resilience because that's not one of the key stats that they kind of yeah. tack into um, recovery right yeah, yeah. Just, and I, yeah just oh no go ahead no I was, it just i'm just agreeing it just I, I i'm confused as to why they're they're kind of making resilience uh you know connected to the well the only thing i can think of 
is it's a, it's a couple different things. So the scale for this is smaller. So for Titans in the bubble, it was 0.25 to 7. This is 0.25 to 1.5 times. So you're already, you know, it's not like Warlocks run with zero resilience altogether, right? You have a little bit there. So it could very well be that the amount of resilience you have to run to get to that one and a half times is... Or, I'm sorry, to get back down to the 0.25 times is not that much because intrinsically it doesn't make sense for a Warlock to have a lot of resilience on there. Also, there may be, and this is again, this kind of falls into the wait and see category until we get the armor and mods, TWAB, because there could be changes to some of the exotics that we use consistently that maybe help mitigate this a little bit um, to make it less impactful. The changes for PvP feel like a it's it's a little weird for me. I would never run a well in PvP. I I don't know why you would do that. I I get I get their point. I I understand what they're trying to achieve, but if I'm a warlock going into Crucible, my goal is not to put a well down for my team. I don't know. Yeah. This just feels strange. Yeah, the to me. Control the zones, guys. Control the zones. <laughs> Well, the other thing too is that, you know, I see people run bubbles more than wells, but bubbles and wells give three orbs on um, when you when you put them on. So, like, that's three free orbs in PvP, which is hard to come by. So I know people True. tend to run them if they're trying, you know, if they want to do something like that. Um, but yeah, I don't, it's generally more offensive than defensive. For sure. One thing that's interesting is the they're now adding like a uh, factor to counter stasis. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I always compare it to like Pokemon, like they have uh, something you're super effective or, or not effective at all. Ice versus fire, right? You should be able to. Right. To, yeah. To, to defend against it. So why not all sort of subclasses? have some type of resistance yeah not necessarily like you do less damage to me but i can't get frozen as quickly or as often yeah yeah i agree mm -hmm. i do like that I, to be honest i think the if you're in the well you should be immune to all um you know if fi like if you're in pve you know i don't think you should be burning and i don't think you know you should be poisoned i think the well should give you immunity to all those uh, I personally, oh, that makes I, sense. you know, because you're in a well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. um, I like the increased damage resistance buff. I think that's, that's actually pretty big. Um, I do wonder if that'll be something we feel more in PVE and not PVP. Uh, but yeah, I like, I, you bring up a really good point about the stasis change. I, I do like that you kind of have a, that super counter now. So then, uh, rounding out the solar subclass, the changes to bottom tree Dawnblade. This tree has felt a little lackluster when compared to the Warlock's other options, so we've given it some enhanced functionality. Like Revenant's Shatter Dive, Phoenix Dive can now dive down diagonally in the direction of your choosing. Bottom tree Dawnblade also has one of the weaker melee attacks in the game. Uh, you had to defeat an enemy with a melee impact to cause an explosion. So there's going to be a rework of that now. So Phoenix Dive, uh, reduced delay before dive starts. And you can now input a direction to dive in that direction. Uh, and then Igniting Touch, uh, Ability Rework, Solar Ability Kills and Kills on Burning Targets now cause targets to explode and burn other nearby enemies who will also explode uh, if they die while burning. This uh, and this, the changes for the subclass, uh, th this subclass in, in particular, 
um, is now going to be even more effective with Dawn Chorus, uh, that exotic helmet that it I, uh, needs an ornament really bad. But it's uh, you know it's a good it's a good exotic. So this one feels like a nice change overall in terms of what this subclass can do. Because again, when I'm on a warlock, I'm usually not on solar unless I'm on a well. Um, so I think that this is going to end up being nice. And as a reminder, uh, Dawn, with Dawn Chorus, your Daybreak projectiles cause targets to burn on contact and deal more damage to them. All of your burn effects last longer, and you gain a small amount of melee energy each time one of your uh, one of your burns damage a target. So that in accompanying accompanying these changes feels feels pretty strong. Yeah. So I think this this one feels good. Yeah. I like the change to the dive. I I it'd be interesting to see how much of a control you really have, like like aiming towards it. Is it a you know quick split second? Uh, mm. Or how much time do you have to actually pinpoint the exact location that you want to go to, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it says here, is there like an AoE once you hit the ground? It did, it did not specify an AoE in these notes yet, no. Because that would be interesting to see. Cause, you know, what if you don't hit them right on the money? Can you still get some damage if you're next to them? I don't okay. run this this the subclass as much so I, i'm not sure if it if currently it does i agree yeah this is gonna be another one of those that I, i'd like to see and test to figure out you know how effective this is gonna feel so then we get into the arc changes uh and void changes for uh warlocks so middle tree storm collar uh chaos reach meme beam if you will uh so these changes should lead to less instances of chaos reach dealing damage to enemies on the other side of a wall uh, arc beam sees high use in the crucible, uh, in part due to geomag stabilizers, and is often used as a shutdown super. So the changes coming to Chaos Reach uh, increased beam environment collision size to better match collision size with damage size, reduced beam damage radius in PvP by 20%, and reduced beam endpoint sphere radius in PvP by 33%. So two out of the three of those changes are PvP specific, but again, this is a big, this is almost at the top of the wait and see list because we don't know what kind of changes there might be coming to Geomags, which without those, Chaos Reach is fine without them, but it is infinitely better with them. And I, I'm hoping that they don't make too many intrinsic changes to that because it is a fantastic super to run in just about all content for a Warlock. I'm excited for the PvP changes because you don't know how, how many times I'm around the corner and somehow that beam still beams me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I've, I've, I think I've been I've beamed said, through walls too. I've said some things. Not proud of. <laughs> 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 yeah, I agree. I think those PvP changes look okay. Um, but, yeah. I I, I hope... I can understand in PvP where the Geo mags are, are pretty strong. I mean, I myself have kind of had multiple supers in a game because of them. Mm -hmm. But in PvE, it, it's a different. It, it's different. So it, I'm a little bit cautious about where this is going to go with the Geo mags. Agreed, for sure. That's I'm I'm kind of in a. This is like at the like I said, this is at the top of my list of oh my god, what are you gonna change? Because Chaos Reach is like if we're running Warlock supers in GMs, that's it's either that or it's stasis if it's not a well. Like that's you know, that's kind of what we're using. So 
we'll have to see what happens there. Um, bottom tree storm collar. Um, so player feedback and data on bottom tree storm collar indicated it could use a little love. So we made Arc Soul last a little longer and slightly, slightly shortened the time between bursts. Uh, so with Arc Soul, increased duration from 12 to 13 seconds, increased fire rate by 10%. Uh, electrostatic Surge now increases sprint speed when allies are near. And Landfall now fires five arc ground projectiles on cast. So upon reading this, I actually made a build uh, for Arc Soul because I had never used this before for a Warlock. Uh, and I didn't realize that it technically is not specific to... At the, you know, as long as you have getaway artist, um, you can turn, you can consume your grenade and make it an arc soul. So I'm, I'm actually really intrigued by this change. I feel like this is going to be a nice thing to run with in some of the content that we do pretty regularly. Um, so I like this one. This one, this one feels neat to me. Don't forget, you can combine it with the, um, what's the exotic pulse rifle? Uh, no time to explain. No time to explain have yeah. another little little buddy helping you all the battle buddies gonna help <laughs> shoot stuff all right and then we have middle tree void walker again not something i really use uh but red felt excited about these so that's good i've seen a uh, lot so of positive no feedback about this uh yeah these changes so nova warp increased damage versus pve combatants by 73 percent oh my goodness uh yeah, now, no right? longer slows movement <laughs> speed lot. while charging or charged, now detonates on cast, and then handheld supernova increased damage versus PvE combatants by 100%. Yeah. And increased hold time from 2.5 to 3.2 seconds. This one feels really big. Um, I don't, again, I never use this because I'm just on Nova Bomb, Yeah, but this is what we used... I think this is what we used when we did arms dealer, right? And we were just throwing the grenade up at yes, uh, yeah, the yeah. guy. Mm -hmm. Yep, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, no, you don't. <laughs> oh, crap, our secrets. No. <sighs> yeah, I never but, um, used it either. I, I, it hasn't even been something that I like even thought about using. I just always have done Nova Bomb because this has always been crap. Yeah. So this looks um they did they did note that they feel like buffing Nova Warp is a dangerous endeavor and they'll be monitoring it to make sure that they didn't overdo it. Yeah. So we'll have to see how many of these we encounter across our our guardian travels uh throughout the season. But that is a really, really big number of changes to Titan hunter and warlock um and i i have a feeling it's only the beginning because i feel like they're trying to get light subclasses in line with stasis a little bit more um so lots more to come i think uh but so far these feel like pretty decent starts in terms of changes um so the last thing that they mentioned in terms of general uh overall changes uh, the powering up stasis experience is going to change. So starting in season 15, the Exo Stranger will now reveal more information on how to complete the tasks required for earning more stasis power. Guardians who have finished Beyond Light and vi uh, visit the Exo Stranger on Europa will see the entire path for unlocking stasis aspects and fragments. 
uh, many of the pre-requirements for obtaining and completing the Born in Darkness quest will be reduced or removed. Uh, previously, Guardians needed to complete several quest chains and unlock Salvation's Grip before Stasis would grant them additional power. Guardians who have completed Beyond Light uh, will have immediate access to the Born in Darkness quest chain from the Exo Stranger, and the Exo Stranger will reveal every unowned fragment, regardless of progression through the Born in Darkness questline, giving a preview of the many powers to unlock. Again, this feels like, in the TWAB also, very understated, uh, but a really, really nice quality of life change because this is probably the longest part of Beyond Light is getting through the point where you've unlocked Stasis 100%. Yeah, now you'll know, and now you'll know what which ones to aim for. So. Yeah, because perfect example with those fragments too, right? I have three of those little memory data fragments, and so she's flashing at me, and I'm like, I have every one, right? You know, because you go there and she's not mm -hmm. showing anything, and and now to just know, like, I can look and be like, no, I have every one. I don't, you know, need to worry about it. Or I mean, we've been helping um, Sarah get through this, and there are some times when she's like, okay, so what's the next step? And we're like, uh. Yeah, stranger. You know, so yeah, maybe check over I mean, here. Yeah, I think it's this not... is a really nice change. Agreed, and this I think is going to help. Oh, Bubba, I think this is going to help new lights a lot more as well because, generally speaking, this is again, it, it's just it's the most time-consuming part of Beyond Light. It's the story moves relatively quickly, but fully unlocking stasis just is such a slog, and so this. I think is going to be nice too for new players as well. I would challenge um, your the longest part oh, of stasis. Oh, with okay. Ooh, throughout the entire story, every time you need to go to Technocrats Iron, Reese Reborn, Kells Rising. <laughs> okay, because you don't have the the fast travel up there. That is and the longest part with the, oh. the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's fair enough. Touche. That is okay. There you go. So the second longest part is getting through Born in Darkness. <laughs> oh God, yeah. There need to be more fast travel points. That's that's. Let me get on my bike. Let me go. Mm -hmm. oh, God. So, but generally speaking, a very nice quality of life change there. So, um, so really, the rest at this point has just been mentioned a little bit in passing, with not a whole lot of specific specific information so uh weapon buffs nerfs and new weapons so they are these are and these are just kind of general notes pulled from the twabs as, they, as they've been published again not a whole lot of specific information provided on these um buffs and reworks we have fusion rifles getting a rework uh for pve scout rifles hand cannons and machine guns are getting a buff and for P pve exotic primaries are getting a buff i'm super pumped about yeah. those um for nerfs, we have uh, PvP breach grenade launchers, and in PvP, special ammo economy in general is getting a nerf. And then, uh, of course, the thing that everybody's kind of tweaking out about, uh, anarchy is getting a nerf. Oh. Our our beloved our beloved anarchy uh, is getting a little bit of a nerf. And this is this has been, and we're gonna have to wait now two more weeks to figure <laughs> out what exactly is happening with this. But this is kind of what we've talked about before, and and what. I think Bungie is trying to get right. So you inherently have probably four or five exotics 
that these are the exotics we bring into everything in terms of endgame content. You have Anarchy if you've unlocked it. You have Xeno. You have Lament. You have Wither Horde. Occasionally, there's a bow thrown in there. Trinity Ghoul, maybe. But these are the things we take with us all the time. Because, and, and what it's done to a certain extent is created an environment where it, it almost discourages experimentation because these are just the things that, that you take. When you have, you know, you I've gone into several streams where the first thing they ask is if you have one of these various exotic weapons. So I think that between the buffs to the other weapons, and specifically they're mentioning exotic primaries here, and then the nerf to anarchy, and the buff they made to rocket launchers... I'm really hoping that this changes the overall exotic economy uh, for what we take into harder content, because I don't think they're going to nerf anarchy to the ground to the point where you're not going to use it, but I think now you're going to have to be a little bit more critical about what you choose. I totally agree. I I think, I mean, there's, again, we go back to this whole, you know, we've been getting into the cookie jar for quite some time. Anarchy has been the strongest PvE weapon in the game since it came out, I would imagine. Um, mm -hmm. I Those cookies taste like static. But, you know, <laughs> that's a weird cookie jar. <laughs> I j it's been, it's been, you know, pretty much any GM. Like you talk about streams, go into LFG. Anarchy, mm, anarchy, true. anarchy, anarchy. Everything wants anarchy because, and this, this is especially with breaching clear. I mean, that was just oh yeah, uh, far and above. And having unstoppable grenade launcher. I feel like they gave us that just to be like, okay, you can have fun with this for five more minutes, and then we're taking it away. Um, yeah, <laughs> so I, it's due. It's so due for to to. It is, and I know people are like, oh, you know, like you said, you, Twitter is very quick to be like. The world is ending. Um, they're not going to nerf it into the ground. I think they've nerfed Lament like three times already. And still, it would... And it's still fine. Exactly. What do you take on 8-Trax? What's the first thing everyone asks is, do you have Lament? Um, it's a great burst uh, sword. So I I just, I think we're due for it. And I, personally, I, I don't have a problem with it. I, I would like to try and see if other weapons work. I've enjoyed when I have run with a horde with a rocket launcher kind of changing it up in that way and using a rocket launcher um, because rocket launchers have just been meh for the longest time. So, mm -hmm. I, I, you yeah, know, I, I think Eniki could use a little bit of little bit of a touch-up. What I would also say, too, is that I feel like the library of exotics that we have is pretty big. You know, it's not like we've only got 10 and we're using the same five. We've got quite a few. And what I'd like to see a little bit more of as well is Bungie saying, here, you haven't used this in a while. Here's this catalyst or here's this new thing, this thing you does that you've already had. Go use this in this content. You know, and they did that. We were talking the other day about Deathbringer, how they launched a catalyst for that. And it's pretty great. You know, we were using it the other day, running around, and like once you learn how to use it, it's really, really nice. I think the only thing that concerns me slightly is, and I agree with you, Anarchy is absolutely due for a nerf. It's It's been for a while, and I don't think it's going to be that bad. But what I would like to see then is for them to bring out 
raid exotics or well not raid exotics because that'd be tied to rng and then we'll never get them but um <laughs> vex myth exotics uh, uh, vex myth of what eyes of never yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, eyes of try again so, next week i'm still trying yep, oh, no. oh. <laughs> we don't i don't have i don't have vex yet i have i yeah. have eyes and i i don't want to say when i got it because i'll i'll get canceled but um so <laughs> the what I'd like to see is for them to bring out some new exotics that start to kind of revitalize the weapon pool a little bit because yeah. there have been exotics that I've gotten that I'm like, oh, okay, great. I finally got this. And then it goes in the vault. Um, yep. You know, like I think Polaris Lance is one of those that I can think of off the top of my head. Like there's, there's a few of them in there that I'm just like, oh, all right. You know, or like bad juju is one that I've been rediscovering my love of because I have the catalyst and I've just, you know, I'm just trying to complete catalyst at this point because it's the end of the season. And it's like, oh yeah, I forgot about this. And like, they, they did mention exotic primaries are getting a bit of a buff. So I'm, I'm happy to see that, but I would like them to chuck a few new exotics in there that shake things up the way Wither Horde did. Or even just I feel like Wither Horde yeah, yeah. reset the, the table for all of well, us. Especially just a primary. I mean, that was like yeah. huge. And I think they've, they they did that with Trinity, like you said. I mean, they bought that catalyst out, and all of a sudden we were like, "What's this exotic?" You know. Yeah. So, and they have mentioned that they are looking at catalysts more in terms of kind of orbs and how that stuff works, because that's always, you know, a really frustrating thing. Um, is that you know you have these exotics and there's nothing you can do to ma to masterwork it in the same sense as you know a gun that can right. drop orbs. So. Um, you know, maybe we'll see some changes coming to catalysts, but I agree. At the end of the season, you start to kind of work on your catalysts and, um, you know, getting to know some weapons and, um, uh, Deathbringer was definitely one. Uh, the other one that I really enjoyed doing the catalyst for, I think was the Graviton Lance cosmology. Oh, yep. Is that the one mm -hmm. does cosmology? Yeah. Cosmology. You know, I yeah. was really having a good little laugh to myself, uh, you know, <laughs> doing that catalyst. I was like, oh man, it, sadly, it, you, I don't see as, the the amount of uses where something like that i mean you'd really have to have a lot of mobs um mm -hmm. but i i agree i think there are definitely exotics that like you said I, it's in my collections now and that's where it will sit and gather dust um you know and, until the end of time so I, I i agree i i hope you know as they talk about exotic primaries and how they're going to buff those as well they they talk to us about catalysts and how they're going to look a little different um, and you never know, because the other piece too is that next season, I mean, we had Breach and Clear this season, you know, there's always, there, there tends to always be a mod that, that brings something out of the woodwork that you discover is like actually quite strong. So I hope that True. also continues. I, you know, um, last season it was the, the stasis, you know, obviously using stasis was, was the damage buff in this season, it was grenade launches. I'd like to kind of see something like that continue as well so that you can bring, you know, some some exotic out that maybe you haven't used ever and didn't even know it had a catalyst, you know, to, to do that just to, cause I, I feel like we get stuck sometimes using the same guns and, um, it'd be nice to be able to just change that up. Jimmy, did you have thoughts on the exotic meta as it is and the potential for new stuff? One thing I was thinking is anarchy doesn't have a catalyst. No, no. it's not. So maybe we'll get a nerf, but might get a catalyst. I don't know. Yeah, 
Could be. Yeah, that's true. Definitely could that's be. That's true. I think they've talked as well about Zeno getting a catalyst, um, which is nice because I love Zeno. I think it's such a great exotic, um, especially if I'm wearing Actium War Raging. <laughs> man, get out of my way. Uh, but... Titans do be Titans. A doobie titan, though. A doobie a titan, though. So the other uh, kind of generic changes that have been mentioned, uh, again, not in great detail, just because there's not been, you know, we haven't gotten to that twab yet, essentially. Um, three peaking in PvP is going to be uh, addressed, so emotes will be disabled and no ammo swords will be disabled in PvP, which is good. Um, uh, trials, rewards, rework is also coming they are getting rid of one of the pieces of transmog currency. So they're taking synth strand out uh, from the game economy and changing the cost of the transmog bounties to 10k glimmer. No mention yet of whether or not they're changing the transmog cap or anything like that. Just that they're kind of adjusting the economy there. And, uh, and then an iron banner uh, potential rework has also been mentioned, which... I would really like to see Iron Banner get some changes because I remember when I couldn't wait for Iron Banner uh, when it would come around, and now it's more of like, oh, Iron Banner. Okay, well. Or Pinnacle Angrams. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, yeah. which reminds me, I still need to do that at some point. Oh, before. I looked at uh, it today and I thought, no, I, I don't have enough ego in my tank to get smacked, so... Yeah. I, look, I looked at it and went, mm, I choose happiness today. And, and <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 100%. No, thank the you. transmog, I'd uh, be curious. To, uh, I, I don't know. I don't think they did the transmog right, to be honest. I don't I, I don't know why there needs to be a cap uh, on I don't it. Either. I don't why Because eventually everyone is going to have transmogged all the things. Um, I don't know if it's a exactly. server issue where they only can want to build it up a little bit at a time. I don't know. Maybe there's some more technical piece to that, but I just don't, I don't know if anytime you change an ornament or you change a shader, I mean, they fixed that. They, they did address that. Thankfully, uh, it shouldn't cost you money. <laughs> I just yeah. don't think it should cost That's you true. anything. It's just, you know, it's, it impacts the game in no way other than like being able to strut your stuff. And I, yeah, I, true. I don't know and why it's not, it anything. It's also not even like all of the ornaments all of a sudden became available for you to unlock either. So like a perfect example of this is the gear that I've unlocked on my Titan versus like my Hunter, sure. right? Yep. I play my Titan infinitely more than I play my Hunter or my Warlock. And so, well, at least up until like the last season and a half. So I have a lot more in terms of historical armor on my titan than i have on my hunter and my warlock so my transmog choices on those two classes are very limited because i just haven't gotten a lot of stuff in the past it, it would be different i think if i would understand a cap if all of a sudden every piece of armor that was ever available in destiny 2 became <laughs> yeah. an option for you to have as an ornament yeah if if like yes. back to like the very very like the launch of the game like i'm talking like the busted up stuff that you're wearing trying to get out of the city and get your light back and like that that armor like everything from then forward if that was available for me to unlock across all three classes i could understand a limit at that point but unless you were that person who did that from the beginning on all three classes you're not going to have that right. so i i do think it might be maybe a data uh or caching issue 
maybe that right. seems like a Sarah question. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So it's, so it's, yeah, it, I, I agree with you. I think transmog didn't come out of the gate as strong as it could have. Um, but I do think that they're, they're looking at it. I mean, it's fine. Changes. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's fine. I yeah. enjoy using it. I do think it's easy to use. I think the UI is fine. Uh, I just, I feel like any time you're putting a shade or an ornament or you're making it, it shouldn't cost anything. Agreed. I will say that I've only used it a very limited amount of times. I haven't even used it. Was it like five sets that you can do per season or something? Yeah, it's like 10, 10 yeah. bounties. Is it 10 bounties a character? Yeah. And then plus something whatever like you that. get to start with. Right, yeah. It's too much work. It's too much work for me to... Yeah. Like, I the one reason I don't use it as much is because it, you're making me do too many things. Get And there's... Well, now there's going to be only two currencies instead of three, but still, I still think it's too much. So hopefully they'll keep looking at it and realize that they put up too many walls to, to get transmog. Yeah. 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 I wanted more for Ada than transmog. But <laughs> it is nice having Ada back in the tower. It is, but now she's blinking at me for a reason that I don't care about, and now I just I feel bad. Well, so. it's a bug, too, that... <laughs> Even though you're all, because like I've bought, I've bought all the bounties I can on all three characters. But as long as you have more than 150 synth strand, she'll flash at you to buy a bounty. Oh, uh, yeah. Poor so Ada. just yeah, sit with that for the rest of the season. Bleh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the one thing that I did not see, and I do hope this is like, I wouldn't say it's at the top of my wish list but it's easily in the top five things that I'm hoping for in the next two TWABs that we get from Bungie. I really want them to do a rework of the artifact. It, don't, don't make me spend infinite amounts of glimmer to respec it, especially because at the beginning of the season, I don't know what I'm going to want. I'm just trying to unlock the things I think I'm going to need. But then later on, you know, it inevitably it's like two or three weeks into the season. We get to a point where we're like, Oh, this mod does this and this does so yeah. much damage and this is great. And then you have to respec it. And then if you didn't do it, you know, the fact that you can spec your artifact differently across all of your characters, but it's the same pool of glimmer um, is just a little bit frustrating. I'd really like them to either get rid of the cap or not. Uh, Well, make a flat fee. I'd like them make a flat fee or don't, don't make it cost any, like, allow me to unlock the same number of mods from the artifact, but don't make it cost anything for me to change it, or let me unlock all of them. Well, I was just going to say, I don't know why we can't have them all. Because the only it, thing I could... I mean, truthfully, oh, though, it tends to be, right, obviously that first column, you're always going to have at least, you know, one, I'll take one of everything, because that's all your mm -hmm. anti-barrier stuff. And then there tends to be a couple of mods that are must-haves, right? So yeah. Breaching Clear, Energy Accelerant was really good uh, once the, once they detelestoed it, especially. It was much mm -hmm. better. Um, <laughs> and, the, you know, so there's like a couple of mods that you have. And then there's even mods that I will buy, you know, out of the 12 that I actually don't even really touch. So I'm not sure yeah. why we have to have a – why we can't unlock all of them through our power levels. I agree, because we're still limited by the number of them that we could apply to our armor right. in the first place. Yep. So the only reason I can think of, 
and this is very much a this is a PC thing and not a console thing is hot swapping. That if you can hot swap a weapon, you could hot swap a mod and it might break something. And that is the only reason why I feel like maybe it does. But it, but I guess technically that could happen even now. Right. Like you could you technically could hot, hot swap, swap a mod if you wanted to. Yeah. yeah. Um. But it could be potentially that there's a combination of mods that aren't meant to be combined at the same time that if you hot swap them and then they are could break something. It's the only reason why I could think of why they wouldn't want to do it. But I would like to see that kind of be a quality of life change for the artifact because I do think that the artifact is good. I like that it kind of forces it. It's over time. It's forced you to use weapons that you wouldn't normally consider using. Um, but you get more used to it and it becomes a really powerful ally for you. So like anti-barrier sniper rifle, never in a million years did I think I was going to chuck that on my, and use that. Yeah. But, but we used it. We used it all the time when it was available. Um, unstoppable grenade launcher this season has been really nice. Um, breach and clear again costs nine, but is worth it for the nine that it costs. So I still think you're limited by the number of what you could put on the armor, but I would like to see them kind of change that again. If I have to change something, if you're only going to let me unlock so many, don't make me pay like yeah. three uh, three quarters of my glimmer um, to do it. And they need to really, I think, consider the weapons that they choose for overload. Oh, hand cannon. Because it, not hand cannon, yeah. Because <laughs> it doesn't, it, it feels like there are certain weapons where it just does not proc properly. Um, and hand cannon, I feel like for overload, oh I don't God. feel like it's worked from the beginning of the season. It's been yeah, the most it, frustrating thing. Yep. It, it, it only, sh like, I feel like it only works well in like a burst fire or rapid fire type weapons. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like a single shot and, you know, hand cannon. No, I don't think that's a good idea it's, at all. <laughs> I totally agree. I mean, the amount of times this season you know, where it's absolutely bitter because it takes two to three shots to proc overload and then maybe another one or two to actually stagger them and if you're not dead by then well done so yeah it's, <laughs> it's, it's exactly right it's <laughs> well, you've got succinct. like a are you you're, yeah you've got an inch of health left hoping that you can uh you know try to burst him down or something before he sits up and shoots you again mm -hmm. like the unstoppable exactly. mod makes sense for a hand cannon because you just aim charge it right shoot boom why can't totally that be agree. the same thing for overload yeah At yeah least for I, the hand cannon i agree i feel like overload in general always seems to be uh i don't want to say the most difficult but it always feels like it doesn't always work as, it, as it's intended to work like anti-barry you know you pop that bubble they're staggered like you said unstoppable you aim down your sights you see that you shoot it once and it goes off i always feel like overload it just doesn't always work as it's supposed to. Agreed. Yeah. And even with, you know, last season with Overload Bow, which I felt like was, it was really nice. Yeah. It still didn't, I never felt like it worked consistently. And I feel like we ran, we ran out of arrows more times than I can count trying to do, you know, I think it was Devil's Lair with yeah. Overload Bows. Because it just, it never, it, it doesn't proc consistently enough to, to work. It, but I think you made a good point, uh, Jimmy, that if you you charge it, so you ADS, it procs, you shoot, it staggers. Like that's how all of the that's how those two should work with unstoppable and overload. Anti barrier is a physical 
you know, you're, you're making a physical change to the enemy by popping a bubble. I think that that's, I think, I feel like that they need to make that change to overload, but is there anything on either of your lists that you would like to see, um, like on your I, wish list, so to speak for next season that hasn't already been talked about? Well, we briefly talked about, or you mentioned the, the Twitter, um, post about PVP. Uh, and, uh, yep. And so I, I just want to see more PVP maps. And I think there was some talk about that in there. Yeah. Yeah. It was quite the thread, uh, from Joe Blackburn talking about, um, the feature of PVP. And I know that a lot of the PVP community for destiny feels like these are too little, too late changes, but I still feel like they're trying to do right by the PVP community and making these changes, albeit they're taking a long time. Um, but I do, it looks like season 16, season 17 is when we're going to see these changes for PVP. So I'm, I'm with you that it would be nice to see some, some more maps for PVP for sure. And for Gambit, because I don't know why I'm still playing Gambit on Titan, uh, <laughs> and it's gone. So there's that too. Oh, yes. <laughs> I did not realize that. Now, what about you, Oz? Anything um, on your list? No, I don't. I'm really just curious to see what comes out of these armor and mods, even more so than the weapons, um, because they only recently, I say recently, but a couple of seasons, I mean, with Beyond Light, we had some big kind of armor changes, Armor 2.0. And so I'm curious to see where it's going to evolve to from where it's at right now. Um, I, I wouldn't, be against seeing some kind of change to armor uh, just because to shake things up a little bit. I mean, we've talked about this before where, you know, being right into the division, it felt like every two months they were like, oh, you like that build? Yeah, it's no good anymore. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can't so use that anymore. Um, but sometimes I think over here, like what has been nice is, you know, we um you know we've got the the stasis warlock build that we can really spec into we've um you know we've had the omni and stuff like that but i feel like it's really easy for us to just get into running a chaos reached warlock for everything um you know or mm, true you know i but having said that again you know if we're going to have some of those changes then i think we there needs to be some kind of change for them for how we manage our loadouts um whether it's through third party things like dim or um uh light gg or whatever um but i don't mind a little bit of an armor shake up depending on what it is i say that and then next week i'll be like this is the worst um it's <laughs> just <laughs> so awful yeah this is bad and mods you know i think um jim and i were talking about this uh when we we're setting up my my mic, we're talking about some mods that just feel like they just shouldn't be mods and just be a part of your character. Like, I don't know why Traction has to take up a, a mod slot. I know it costs zero now, right. it doesn't matter, but it still takes up a mod slot. I feel like yeah. maybe that's something you can either just toggle on or that we should just have better turning radius. Um, and yeah, because I feel like I turn like a freaking cruise liner sometimes. <laughs> so, well, yeah, and as a hunt, sure. like, you know, as a hunter, that's. Uh, 
yeah, we're pretty quick and agile, so I, I don't feel like I really move slow. But when I run my Titan, I definitely notice the difference. But I think Fastball is another mod. Uh, why can't we just throw it as far as the Fastball? I don't know why that has to be a yeah. mod to take up that space. So I think there's some mods still. I know that they did a cleanup, and I think the mod changes they made were really good. Um, but I still think there's some mods that really can just be either incorporated into the character or changed. I, I don't know why Fastball is a mod. That that should be that should be the name of a a side podcast. Why is Fastball? Why is Fastball a mod? You know what I mean? Why can't I throw it that far every time? I, I work out. Yeah. So right. <laughs> I, I'm a powerful guardian. I can do so. I'm a big strong guardian. Right. So exactly. I, I mean, I think I don't know if I have anything that I certainly want to see, but those are some things like I would be happy to see some changes. I wouldn't mind a little bit of a change to armor as long, you know, as it's it's not too crazy, but it's nice to kind of see him keep changing it up and keep evolving because otherwise it gets stale. If we just can run the same build with the same damage and, um, you know, run through things and, and, and melt everything that gets kind of stale. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, there you have it guardians. That is so far all we know about what's coming in season 15 and some pretty fantastic discussion to go along with it. Uh, as mentioned previously, so the next TWAB on August 12th will be focused on armor and mods and we're all looking forward to that. And then the final TWAB before season 15 starts, uh, will be published on August 19th and that will focus on weapons. Bring your marshmallows for the s'mores needed for the fire, the flame that is going to be social media after that twab, no doubt. Um, I am looking forward to seeing how how much we got right with our speculation uh, and fitting the rest of the puzzle pieces together when it comes to builds and super viability and the light subclass changes and see how much we've predicted the future as we get into it. Um, I want to say thank you again to Jimmy and to Oz uh, for joining me. So we'll go first to Jimmy. Jimmy, if you don't mind, can you let folks know where they can find you for more content and shenanigans? Yeah, if you want to catch me on Twitch, it's going to be JNeutron. If it's on Instagram or Twitter, it is I underscore M underscore JNeutron. Awesome. And Oz, where can these lovely folks find you for more hunter shenanigans and Dead by Daylight screams? <laughs> well, there's a pub down the road. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> that I tend to frequent. Uh, so you can catch me on Twitch, uh, OzGeek77. And the Twitter is just the same, OzGeek77. Fantastic. And for those listening, you can find me uh, at Twitch, Twitter, uh, and Instagram at Verita Amore 87 all one word. Eventually, the 87 will get dropped at some point, maybe. So <laughs> if you like today's podcast episode, please don't forget to leave us a rating, a review on your preferred podcasting platform. We would love to hear from you. Feel free to email us, ask us questions, tell us what you liked or what can be improved. Do you have any suggestions on topics or game reviews? Just give us a shout. Like I said, we'd love to hear from you. You can find additional episodes of Gamer Loop Radio on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Podbean. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. <laughs>